Newman bar in that car. That's what saved, or that's what he, that's what everyone's saying saved Ryan Newman in this crash. So, um, the, I, I didn't want to interrupt, I didn't want to interrupt you because this is like, this is a really good, um, this is a really good discussion regarding, regarding, regarding NASCAR. And I was actually legitly learning about all this stuff, but we're live for down in the Valley. How's it going guys? Um, Welcome, welcome to another episode of uh, of Down in the Valley. My name is uh, Edson Ochoa. Accompanying me today, as always, good friend and co-host Jacob Young. Jacob, what you been up to, buddy? Not too much. Uh, today has been great. Been just well chilling, really. Uh, watched some soccer yesterday and ready to talk about some more soccer today. Yeah, there's. I don't want to say there's a lot uh, to talk about. But there are some interesting topics that we really do want to cover, and I don't understand why uh, Skype gave me the mini version of your screen on on OBS. But there we there we go. Um, so yeah, welcome to another episode uh, of Down in the Valley. So today we've got a couple of topics that we're going to be talking about. Uh, one of them is uh, you know we're going to be talking about last Saturday's uh, preseason match against Austin Bold, or at least. The very little that we know uh, about that match, which leads us to the next topic uh, in regards to the information that RGVFC is withholding from the fans, whether it's, you know, from the, you know, from the actual community manager or where or wherever. But it is something that was brought to the attention of Ron Patel uh, on social media. Thank you, Texas Soccer Journal, for, for, for that, uh, that tweet. And then also leads us to the other topic, which is Ron Patel himself. Um, like always, the uh, phone line will be open at 956-622-5977. Once again, 956-622-5977. Uh, also, we want to thank our sponsor, Natural Beauty Spa, for their uh, continuous support uh, of down in the uh, down in the valley, and uh, and also a big shout out to the beautiful Game Network. If you guys want to listen to our podcasts uh, as well as other USL podcast podcasts, uh, be sure to check out the beautiful Game Network uh, and their website www.bgn.fm. Also, if you guys want to listen to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, we are now on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and just recently launched TuneIn Radio. So you have now six options to choose from in order to listen to us rant about this team. Uh, but <laughs> Jacob just looks at me like, really, you went there, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you have six options to, to listen to the, uh, to the podcasts. Uh, be sure to check us out. Be sure to support us that way. Not only, not only on the show, which we do appreciate. Um, but if in case you missed the show or if you have friends that, uh, have not known about us or any, or anything like that. Be sure to let them know about our podcast and all of these platforms. We really would appreciate it. And speaking of that, uh, those of you who are listening right now or watching right now, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to share it with your friends and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. 
Um, so just looking at the at the chat, it says uh, Harry Austin says hi. This is a bot from SA. You can jaws. You can just call me the RGV master. What? Um, so what's up, Harry? Um, Harry Harry Aust- Harry says that was a wicked crash. Crazy. He's walking away. Amazing for Newman and his and, and his family. And then Jorge says the man is made of steel. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I won't get into any more detail about that, but yep, crazy. He's walking away. Glad to hear everything about it. And well, we'll just continue to monitor him in the NASCAR world and see where it goes from here, if that's the end of his career or if he'll continue because he is 40 years of age. Normally around that age barrier, basically in the motorsports industry, you don't see a lot of drivers continuing, especially after wrecks like that reason why dale jr retired because of too many concussions and all that fun stuff and of course he's got a family so yeah we'll see where it goes from here definitely definitely agreed um but um i'm pretty sure uh, guys if you want to talk more about uh nascar i'm not the expert around here um that would be jacob so be sure to actually you can actually if you guys want more racing stuff whether it's what is it formula uh, what it, what do you usually base on? Is it Formula what three or right? Formula four, Formula three. I'll talk Formula one sometimes. IMSA, basically all motorsports, because it's very fun. But especially the grassroots racing like Formula four. I'll talk about that a lot. Yeah. So be sure to follow, uh, subscribe to his channel, Tip of Texas uh, Sports Network. He's had a lot of amazing uh, interviews with a couple of with a couple of racers. He also does uh, sim racing, uh, uh, comment commentary. I think he's to do that, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, he does his own uh, video game racing himself. So be be sure to uh, subscribe to to his channel. Also subscribe to his Twitch uh, at the Overreact. I know you changed it, right? The overreacted gamer. There we go. The overreacting game. Uh, the overreacted gamer. So be sure to follow him on Twitch uh, as well for uh, for all that stuff. But anyway, let's get back. Let's get back to RGVFC business. So the first order of businesses we talked about, or we we're going to be talking about, is uh, last Saturday. Uh, RGVFC traveled up all the way to Austin to to Bold Stadium, and they. Uh, they were going to face, or they faced off against Austin Bold. Uh, the final score uh, was two to two. Um, RGVFC actually was winning uh, after the first couple of couple of minutes. I think it was in the 14th minute where RGVFC uh, scored the goal uh, thanks to Garrett, uh, Garrett McLaughlin, and then um, and then RGVFC. Uh, Scored a second goal later on, also in that first half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this time it was scored by a trialist. Uh, no name was given due to uh, rules. I don't know if it's. I still don't know if it's USL or stuff like that. Um, but I know. I know a lot of the USL teams. Uh, they just mentioned the word trialist. Don't necessarily say uh, the the player's actual name. I think it's rare. Where I've seen uh, teams do that uh, in the second half, um, RGV and Austin Bold started putting in more of their trialists and their, uh, you know, their reserves, 
into the match, and uh, Austin Bold ended up tying the game uh, two to two. Both score both goals scored by Austin Bold were also scored by the, some of their trialists. Um, so, like I said, final score was two to two, and 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 it's funny how because it's not the first time I've seen on Twitter say somebody say this. Starting 11 versus starting 11, we won 2-0 to zero against a team that has a lot of experience in this roster. And yes, it's preseason. Yes, we don't have a lot of details as to what the... Uh, how the 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 team lined up uh, as far as the actual roster or what kind of tactics or you know how how the play went on because number one it wasn't uh it wasn't streamed and number two rgv did not um did not announce a starting 11 for for that match um but austin bold actually uh actually did uh announced their starting 11 for the, for that match which is kind of interesting um but i guess that's just the way it is so austin bold actually started take a look at this we started with diego restrepo on goal and that's a that's a keeper that's been a major headache not only with austin but also when he was with san antonio but he's been a major headache for for this team uh, McFarlane, Garcia, Evans, Soto, Brafid, Xavi Baez, Okugo, Billy, uh, Cut Inside Man, Forbes, uh, Debbie Yardi, and uh, Alex Lima. Out of that least, yes, out of that, Jacob is like, you're surprised. Lima. Yeah, yeah, uh, Alex Lima, uh, Restrepo, those are the ones, and of course, uh, Billy Forbes and Baez. Those are the four names that stick out because of the experience that they bring in. And RGVFC without Ben Willis, without Isidro, without Andrew Samuels, and without uh, Nicolo Moyne uh, was able to go, uh, score two goals against this lineup. I mean, I want to be cautious, wary because it is preseason. But th surely that's got to give some sort of uh, a glimmer of hope uh, for th for the fans going into the 2020 season. What do you think, Jacob? I mean, why why would it not? The big thing that we've always had trouble with has been the bench. And I take it as you will, whoever's listening or whoever will be listening in the future, that are players. It's true, though. When we had those mid mid-season basically turnarounds where we kind of went on a losing streak especially and getting on that winning streak once again the big thing was well and we kind of even talked about it with coach sometimes is that we'll take advantage of your opportunities especially Correct. if you're a bench warmer wanting to impress coach in the meantime they wanted their starting minutes and they finally got those kind of halfway through that season mm -hmm. and then we saw well, they're not that impressive. This is the reason why they're on the bench. And sure enough, Coach even kind of pointed that out sometimes. And so that was a big thing. And why I'm kind of talking about it that way is, well, they're not necessarily going to be starting. As we know, Nicola Moyen and Ben Willis and 
well, even sometimes Kyle Adams will be brought down here. They'll most likely be the ones starting, especially when they kind of know the uh, game plan. Mm-hmm. And that big thing is, well, now we know that we have some subs that can, when need be, step in and perform. Now, of course, if they do get subbed in, they will need their time as in like 60, a 60 minute substitution or something like that. Because of course, as we kind of all know, I think there's some study. It's like they need 15 minutes to warm up and then right afterwards, get in the groove. Really fine. So yeah, it's just that has to have some glimmer of hope and it shows that, well, we have some players on the bench that are ready at any means to try and start. Yeah, and, and it's really important, and I talked about it yesterday uh, on the Peel, uh, and, I, and I've mentioned it many other times on this show, is that it's really important for uh, this team to get consistency uh, within, within its lineup for chemistry, but also, you know, you've got to be able to rotate the squad uh, gradually and like maybe like one or two players here and there so that by the time they are needed for let's say an injury or a call-up or heaven forbid they get transferred out somewhere or their loan or a loan expires you've got the you got this uh you got this player below him who's got a a couple games of match fitness and it's not going to be as big of a difference you know uh tactically or anything or anything like that because he's already kind of used to uh how everybody else in the roster and pl- the roster plays out and i think this you know with isidro and ben and samuels and lemoyne being with the dynamo um for this preseason i think this is a good test to see what kind uh, what we have uh below them because fact of the matter is if early in preseason you've got these four uh, players being called up in, uh, to the first team, means that they've got their eyes on them. So if Isidro Martinez continues to uh, excel at the USL level, don't be surprised if mid in you know mid season he gets offered an MLS contract, and then what's going to happen? Who's going to be below him? You know. So I think this is a great op- this has been a great opportunity to, for coach to see who he can rely on if that if that were to happen and kind of avoids what's been happening the last couple of years where somebody gets called up and like okay now how, how can I re- with who can I replace this player because you don't have anybody below him that that is good enough to uh, ex- excel given given minutes. You know, how long did it take uh, it, uh, uh, the team to find the replacement for Malik Foster? You know, it took a while. So, and it ended up being Juan Carlos Obregón that made a bigger impact. Oh, and, and Kevin Rodriguez made a bigger impact uh, in that position even though we had gotten Beckford to Shane Beckford on a loan. So I think that's where, where I'm, where I'm heading at that. This actually is pretty good for, for this team in order to, like I said, uh, continue to learn more about each other 
and uh, continue to grow towards the 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 home opener against Los Dos on March 8th. March, there it is. Yeah, exactly. And also to add on that real quick as well is the big thing of competition. You want that on your team. You want to have competition during practice, as in you're fighting for, well, the spot on the first team, basically, instead of being on that second team stuck on the bench. And so Mm -hmm. that's going to also bring a good balance to this team is that they know, well, guess what? No matter what, we have these two players that, well, maybe one week you have someone else on the field and it can go kind of back and forth. And then it's going to also be great going back to it. We'll have games on a Wednesday and we'll have games on a Saturday, those same weeks, put one of them in and then switch them out. Most likely if they feel tired or they feel like they can't necessarily do two games in a week, which by the way, I mean, it's just almost common sense to save your players for even a bigger game too. So that's just going to be a perfect balance and it's going to help us out tremendously as long as that competition will keep going and both players will stay on their A game. Correct. And I think one of the things that kind of screwed us over, pardon the phrase, was exactly that. Whenever we did have midweek matches, coach tended to put in a completely new, uh, completely different squad uh, Mm -hmm. for those midweek matches. And, you know, we saw it against Los Dos at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, where you saw the first half and it was like the players did not know each other. It's almost like if they were in preseason, to be honest, you know, missed passes. Uh, the timing was just not right. The, uh, I get you can say also like, for example, the, the ability to like defend, you know, the timing, uh, was just wasn't there. It it took until the second half when you brought in Isidro, when you brought in uh, Michael Salazar, where things started getting better uh, for the Toros. And we saw it again against Fresno, another midweek match where it was like it was bad, five zero. It was it was five zero bad, and it could have been a whole lot worse to be honest. But what's the most common denominator here? most common denominator between these these two games was that you had to put in because of uh, of the schedule you had to put in your bench and your reserves into the, into this match and sadly a lot of these bench and reserve players just didn't step up they yes they're young they yes they've still got a lot to learn you know but the qu- the question is it is how much is this also on the planning like we're talking about about getting the you know getting almost everybody that could be necessary to be used some match match day experience yeah exactly and of course it does help benefit us for playing especially on the road versus two well top teams at least in texas i would call and why i'd say that is because well just texas is better than everyone else and so you've got you've got san antonio fc you've got austin boldy you got well a team that could technically be from uh, new mexico but is el paso 
And then, of course, you got RGVFC. Not in that particular order at all. Don't get me, like, don't at me or anything like that, RGVFC yeah. fans. But my point is, it's just these are tough opponents. No matter when you play them, whether it's in the preseason or in the regular season, of course, the best is going to come out of you and you will want to play as well as possible to try to beat your rivals. It's just always going to bring that fun and excitement of a game as long as it's played cleanly. Now, if it starts to be dirty and there starts to be a little bit of fights breaking out, Mm -hmm. then that's a different story. But like I'm saying, it's just always great. And think about it this way, too. Remember, San Antonio FC and Austin Bold FC called out to RGVFC. So without those two teams playing against RGVFC, where would they be at? Because I don't know. They didn't necessarily decide to have any more preseason games besides San Antonio FC and Austin Bolt. So it's always nice and beneficial to have those preseason games to figure out where you can lack and where you can come back from. Now the big thing as well is scoring goals because remember RGVFC were able to score goals easily in preseason whether it was like a 5-4 loss in San Antonio or something crazy like that but there were goals being scored and Mm -hmm. then they came back to the first game and struggled to put the ball basically on target so that's something that we'll have to watch out for and make sure that that almost doesn't happen again See here. See here's another here's another in, uh, interesting aspect about about that. And uh, before I go on, I do have to say this: you 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 harp on El Paso uh, for being almost New Mexico, but yet there's still more Texan than Frisco. Just putting it out there. Um, but anyways, anyways, go, uh, back on topic. You know, one of the uh, interesting uh, aspects of of this of this whole thing with with preseason is yes, you know. Uh, you're going to be do- a lot of coaches in preseason. They're going to be doing a lot of experimenting with the roster, with formations, with rosters, uh, you know, trialists, you know, trying to uh, prove that they've, they've got what it takes to get a USL contract. But it's a whole different animal when it comes to uh, the actual games within the uh, during the season. And you best example is would you just said it, you know, against Tacoma Defiance last season, where it was like it almost it, it, it almost seemed like they were. No, I don't want to say that because that's going to sound so bad. But but the ball didn't go in where, you know, whereas you saw in preseason, they were scoring, like you said, a bunch of goals left and right. And they struggled a lot during the beginning of the season. You're like, what happened to this team? Well, number one is you're going up against uh, teams that have already got a, a, an established roster. They're not going to be experimenting anymore. Uh, and, and, number, and number two, it's a different kind of pressure playing, you know, actual games that actually mean something when it comes to, like, getting three points uh, rather than just uh, uh, some sort of uh, scrimmage where you're just trying to kind of loosen your legs up in preparation for the, for this match. So, like I said, I think, I mean, it's good news for RGBFC fans to uh, take this 2-2 uh, results, but with a 2-0 win or uh, starters versus starters, uh, in quote, uh, you know, air quotes. But still, there's still a lot, a long way to go. Even Coach Echeverri has said it. There's still a lot of things that need that, that need to be improved 
uh, before before you know we can make a decision or a yeah pretty much a decision on how well this team can make it can can perform uh, in the in the USL. So next you know like I said that was pretty much it. Uh, this weekend this Saturday they're traveling up to Dallas. Uh, they're gonna take on SMU uh, the SMU Mustangs uh, and another closed uh, f- scrimmage over there. Before they end their preseason, uh, playing against um, San Antonio FC on Friday at what is it, one thirty or two or something like that around there. Uh, so, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing well against um, SMU. The biggest question, and especially now that San Antonio has gotten a couple of signings in the past couple of days. You know, this is where the biggest question is going to be. How can they go up against this San Antonio FC? And so that'll be that. I think that will answer a lot of our questions on how prepared uh, this group of players are uh, going into the 2020 season. Um, But yeah, but that's pretty much all that we know about this uh, this match against um, this match against uh, Austin. Um, we, there was some sort or Texas soccer journal kind of did make public a, um, complaint, uh, about the way the Toros handle these preseason matches. Cause let's be honest, there really wasn't a lot of, uh, announcing or fanfare by the social media team at RGVFC regarding this match. I didn't see an announcement uh, saying that they that the game was that day, that Saturday. I didn't see an oh game day today. We're playing against Austin Bold in preseason. You know, I mean, you look at Austin Bold, you look at San Antonio, you look at all these other USL teams. You know, they make a big deal that they have a game that certain day, even if it's preseason. But at least in a, it it gets people to to kind of like be on the lookout. Okay, we'll we'll try to find some information. That's another thing. You know, where is that information? Why is it that other teams like San Antonio, like Austin, like Phoenix, they post starting 11s? I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting them to say the names of trialists. We understand that there's some sort of rule going on about that. But at least tell me the names of what the starting 11 was for these specific, for these specific uh, starters that are already signed uh, to a USL contract. Why why is it that we get nothing out of it? You know, we want the it's funny that want that we want the fans to be more informed about this team, but yet we don't give them that the, the the information to be hyped up about it in the first place. I mean, that makes no sense to me. I don't know whose decision that was. And honestly, it leaves me it leaves me rather frustrated and it left Texas Soccer Journal very frustrated that he vocally, you know, was he's very public about that complaint to the uh, and I got to give kudos to Ron Patel, our new president. He stood up to the plate and says, "You're right. We could be a whole lot better in this aspect and we're going to be." To me, that is a lot better of a reaction than previous presidents. And you guys know who I'm talking about. Because it's ridiculous that it was 
almost like you'd never, you rarely saw our previous president, you know, be vocal or, or interact with the fans uh, on Twitter regarding the RGBFC team or even take criticisms the way that Ron Patel has done it. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm really expecting a, a, a lot and I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing so far, the, the, you know, from, from Ron Patel. There's a lot of work to be done, especially in that aspect of informing uh, the, 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 the fans about the team. And hopefully we can get some more improvements on that, uh, on that certain aspect. But yes, RGV, you've got to, if you really want the fans to be hyped up, to be informed about their own team, you gotta let you, you, you gotta inform that you gotta tell us who's playing uh, like who's playing and who scored at, or at least give us like a synopsis uh, of of the matches even when you're even when you're away somehow or at least retweet the stuff that let's say in this case Austin Bold did not wait until like two hour or one hour after the game ended to say oh. The, oh yes, by the way, uh, the the game ended uh, two to zero, scored by Garrett McLaughlin and a trialist. Like, no, you gotta be proactive, not reactive. That's all I'm saying. And you know, we've got. We wish we could do that, but come on, like we've got our own lives to live, especially in in, in the weekend. So it's up to the team to do that job for 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 the fan base yeah. and not to mention that half of the or more than half the preseason games are private i mean not even going back to last year but still even sticking with this year you're talking about several several scrimmages for rgvfc being private i'm barely sure if the austin bold game was public for fans to watch in general but yeah, it's an interesting thing that kind of needs to stop. I'll give you this. If you want to make it private, just send your, I don't know, your Instagram or yeah, you know, community people manager. in charge of social media over there. And why? To get play-by-play or not play-by-play, but just to say, this person scored, this person's being subbed out for maybe a trialist or whatever. That is all you would have to tweet. You wouldn't even have to show the game. And guess what? That doesn't give anything away from either side. Correct. So that's, I know that's all that they want is to cover what formation and tactics, you know, what, what the lineup almost that they're going to use. That's all they want to hide. Nine times out of 10. That's why. That's the whole reason why in my actual real job, high schools, yes, high schools don't want us to record some games. Or if we do, they, we have to take them instantly down of every social media that we post on. That, yes, that's totally different. It's high school, but it's kind of the same deal here. If you want those practices, those scrimmages to be private, all we're asking for is okay, game day, this day, we'll play this team in a scrimmage, so it will be closed, but we'll be able to live tweet or something basic like that. Correct. All we're asking. Yeah, you're, you're 100% spot on. And you look at this chat, 
Uh, so Harry says, wish it was open, but like MLS, USL likes to keep fans away, rant over. Um, and then my, uh, Michael Reyes, uh, by the way, uh, welcome, um, Mike, welcome, Michael, welcome RCN and welcome Johnny, El Presidente. Uh, so Michael says, or even come to hang out with the Stampede, uh, can't wait to see what he will do, uh, this year. And he's talking about Ron Patel there, by the way, I did enjoy, uh, him going over with, uh, with the Stampede. RCN says, RGV Twitter game is weak. Other team's social media is on it as soon as goals are scored or something good happened. Starting lineups posted sooner than RGV. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one to tell somebody else what uh, 100% like, oh, you need to do this, 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 or this. Because my, tw- my Twitter game is pretty weak too. I mean, but then again... I'm not being paid, you know, to post to post on social media at all, you know, all all day. But the point of the matter is, at least be more interactive. You want a perfect example on what a really good social media game does for a team? Go look at Forward Madison. They've got fans all over the country just because of how well they run their social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, why did it take? Two days for RGV's community manager to have a reply for the banter that San Antonio made by the signing of Chuy Enriquez. Why did it take them two days? That's just bad. You got to be more interactive about it. The fans want to know more about the team. At least give us something that you are allowed to say, to, to give out that's just enough to inform, but not necessarily, like you said, give tactics or anything like that away. But don't give us anything. Or don't, don't give us... Don't give us... Yeah, don't not give us anything. Exactly. What, what you said. It just shows a lack of... What's the word I'm looking for? It, should, it, it seems like in that aspect, the, the, the team doesn't care about the fans. And I might be a little bit over the top with, with that statement, but, let, but let's be honest. I mean, the fans want to really, the fans that do follow, the, do follow this team, they want to know about what's going on with this team. How hyped up should they be coming, in, uh, coming into the season? Right? You know, they want to know who do we have to look out for uh, going into the season as far as who's going to be our goal scorer, who's going to be our assister, who's going to, who do we have to look, uh, to, to look at, right? We want to know who scored, uh, who came in, at, at least, you know, but we can abs- almost nothing from, 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 these mat- from these matches. At least, at least tell us there's game day. That's the bare minimum. I feel like I'm falling down a rabbit hole with, with, with this topic, but it's something it's something that needs to be talked about in public. I mean, at least for just the informal of stuff. Like, if there's a signing, please instantly get to it. Like, just tell us who. Because you know, we, just, we just need more information for this right now. Because the whole reason is trialist, cool, but by now, and remember, we're 
almost we are close to a week away from the MLS season, which means we're less than a month away mm-hmm. for the USL season. And I'm sorry, by now, or at least by one more week, we should honestly have our starting lineup set. Yes, it might be a little too quick, but in my eyes, shouldn't you really have things kind of set up a month to go for the season? And yes, of course, that's going in, that might be going a little too far, but it's frustrating because, like you said, Edson, we just don't know a lot about this team. We watched one friendly, and we're barely able to pick up any info because, well, there were still a ton more trialists, and there were some signing, signings, but once again, they had try, tryouts like a week ago just from that day, basically. And so you didn't have anybody to sign then or found anyone to sign just yet, so you had to make them a trialist at that point. Mm-hmm. A lot of things like that is very frustrating for fans that will want to know. And, and this will almost bring perfectly into the topic that I also wanted to talk about, which is attendance. And why I would want, and why I would want to say that is because, well, what player do you have to root for if you don't know the team? And it it's funny because I also was just scrolling through Instagram today and happened to see RGVFC or the RGV Vipers page saying that they are ranked second in the NBA G League because they average about 5,000-plus fans in the stadium, which that's impressive for a struggling team this year. Correct. Yeah, shots fired. Oh, well, it's the truth, though. They're very inconsistent. And so it made me think, what if marketing and, you know, the social media stepped up their game? We'd see, like, like it's interesting. Because yeah. on most of their pages, is what I'm also trying to say, is they say, like, get to know this person, get to know that person, whether it's from the cheerleaders pages or even from the Vipers page. Yeah. We're like, the Toros page is the only one that doesn't have that. Or it's like, get to know, I think they tried to do it last year, get to know Chuy Enriquez or something like that. But once again, struggling. So we actually have somebody on the line right now at this moment. So uh, welcome to Down in the Valley. Who are we speaking with? Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Oh, we're so we actually have somebody on the line right now at the snowman. So, uh, welcome to Down in the Valley. Who are we speaking with? Anonymous. Hello? Hello, hey, Santos. Hey, how's, how's it going, guys? Santos? Nothing, man. We're barely checking in because uh, I forgot the show started at 7 and I saw the a message on my cell. And, and uh, got yeah. into the conversation towards the uh, continuing of the um, players we have to keep on rooting for mm-hmm. without being taken up to MLS. Of course, they're they're trying. 
to make it to the pros, they're not trying to get stuck in RGVFC. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that's like uh, hard for the player culture to adjust to because I mean they're trying to get up there. So that's my point of view. So in in regards, uh, so in regards to what we're talking about, regard re, you know regarding the the social media um, aspect of, of the team, and I know uh, I saw. You you posting something about you know uh, Ron Ron Patel uh, being a spark, uh, but how would you rank this the, their social their social media game? To be honest, and do you think that Ron Patel uh, could be a spark to improve that aspect as well? Okay, hold on. Is that I'm trying to listen to you on my phone, and I'm gonna delay on your on your live. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question was the. Uh, the the social media game being weak. Correct. Okay. Okay. It is. But do you think if this person in charge, do you know who it is? You got the name. It's anonymous. Um, we've seen him. We we've seen him uh, multiple times. I don't know the the name off the top of off the top of my head. Um, but it kind of goes. Is he one of like the guys that uh, like one of the season ticket sellers or the the people that we see out in the or we're walking in? Or managers, because um, let, let let's put it this way: when this guy could get in trouble for putting something like talking back, and it's it's just gonna be down the chain of command. Like, hey man, what are you doing? This uh, negative for the totals. Um, he's got to be very like careful with his wording and not being so, uh, I guess, so rude or something because he can get in trouble. Maybe you think that could be a reason. No, I, I I understand that you know the USL does have some guidelines on to how to ha- how to handle social media, um, but at least with the whole informing about the team in these preseason matches, you know, I know that it took you know people following Austin Bold to get the information about who scored at what at what time. And I'm pretty sure, like, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, Santos, but I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people would, would be asking, well, who started there? Who played in this match kind of thing, too? Of course. Okay, and another thing that that's, that got me, I don't want to say upset because it didn't get me upset, but, like, thinking, really, how do they want to make a big fan base if our first preseason game was against Dynamo and we're not going to have another preseason game until a month after, so let's see people who liked our first tailgate, our first game, the whole ambiente of the Batallon going down there, mm-hmm. making it look bigger, getting momentum, carrying that little bit of momentum we got, and it's just gone. We're going to have to start week one, basically, with if we had a little bit of uphill momentum, downhill momentum, whatever, yeah. it's gone. It's going to be gone. And it's interesting. So that's another thing that that messed up the, I guess the uh, enthusiasm. I don't know the word exactly, but that that kind of kind of goes with it. Yeah. For opening game. Yeah, you're right because you know this preseason match against the Dynamo was a one complete week or month, you know, one whole month before the the start uh, of the actual season, and yes. And, you know, it, it, and then it doesn't help that you 
are going up against an MLS team. So a lot of uh, more casual fans that kind of go with the whole the score line. Oh, they see a five zero against us, and they kind of lose their their you know their their motivation or, or their hype uh, towards this team. You know, I don't know. I don't recall. You know, I think it's always been like that where they would only play one game at home and then the rest would be uh, out on the road. But the problem is, is like you look at San Antonio, you look at all these other USL teams, they play multiple games at their home, but I think only one is actually open to the public. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it ends up being the same thing, right? Yes, they're going to be playing games at home, but it's not going to be open to the public. You know, uh, for me, might be the reason that Jacob mentioned a while back regarding that. Oh, they don't want, you know, some of their their tactics, you know, to to be uh, watched or scouted by uh, any 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 other teams or I I, I don't know I don't know exactly, but it it, do, it does bring up an interesting point: is what is this team doing to keep that momentum high uh, to kind of ride it out until the actual beginning of the season and. What's the what's the best way to do it through social media, informing uh, informing the fans about uh, the players, informing the fans about the team, how they're doing in in uh, in the uh, in the actual games. At least let them know that hey, there's a game there's a game today. Be on the lookout for 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 the uh, for our social media to keep uh, keep in touch of what's going on in the game. No, we get nothing of that. How do you expect uh, for momentum to continue for this fan base for and for you guys? to continue to get people hyped up to join the supporters group when the team isn't doing their job at, at least that's my point of view mm-hmm. what are you going to say jacob i was gonna agree with edson because i think that's completely true is how are you supposed to help benefit that when you can't even go on twitter or you can't go on instagram and just say look, this is what we know about this game, and this is also what we know that maybe Austin Bolt scored first, but then this guy from RGVFC scored this next one. Or as simple, also as simple as this, give a rundown of the game afterwards. If you can't give a play-by-play of, or not play-by-play, but of something that happened, just basically be interactive is also all we're asking for, and they can't do that. And so that's just hurting well, that's hurting kind of helping the supporters groups out and all that other stuff. It's it's frustrating. Yes, very, very, very. Well, guys, nice talking to you guys. Um, and uh, well, I called in just just a bit. No, we re- we really appreciate uh, you calling in, giving giving us uh, your point of view in, in these kind of topics. Uh, so that way, uh, you know, the, 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 whoever's listening to us from, from the team actually knows that this isn't just these two guys uh, on camera, you know, just, just saying that is that this is what the fans feel and that it definitely needs to be improved. Now, and like I said, hopefully Ron Patel can bring about these changes, which I know you had a, a lot of good things to say about, about him from your first uh, impressions with him. Okay, well, guys, I'm going to send you off with a real sexy Go Toros voice. Go Toros! Yeah, that's right. Go Toros. Right. And thank you, Santos, for, tu- uh, for, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time, man. Next time.
All right, bro. Woo! Take Go care. Toros! Woo! Toros! All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. So, like I said, thank you. Thank you, uh, Santos, for, for calling in. You guys, if you guys want to give your opinions, go ahead and call in as well. The, the number is up here. It's 956-622-5977. And Tigres just scored. Yay. Um, so if you guys want to give any other any more opinions about how th this, has, this has been. I mean, let's be honest. We can't really talk much about the actual team for the same reason. There's no information to uh, you know that's out there uh, for for the public uh, to kind of uh, analyze or anything like that. And like I said, all of this informing makes it a whole lot easier for us of uh, the media or for us fa uh, fan podcasts to to talk about the team, to hype up uh, this team, you know, and also to criticize you know some some aspects of uh, uh, of the game, you know. It, it makes it, but it makes it a whole lot better, uh, makes our whole job a whole lot easier when we actually have some information to work on, you know, to work with. And you also brought up media too, and that's a big thing because we've talked about it before, how we don't, how we feel like we've been, or the Taurus have been neglected for getting uh, media coverage and things like that. Why do you think that? Because, well, we can't get any news, so guess what the literally the news stations can't report on the Toros, especially at this time. They only know, okay, this game is going to be on February 28th is the opener. And it's, it's also funny too, real quick on the marketing department, like right as the whole, you know, Houston dynamo RDVFC and the Jersey reveals came out. They were, throughout that week and maybe even the next week after that we're pushing yes come to the home opener it's this day and tickets are on sale and all of that fun stuff mm -hmm. and then they kind of went silent right after the only thing which is interesting so it's just all all this other stuff it's like don't go silent keep pushing at least that game because if you don't have any information to really give us and that's understandable i guess in the long run but if you don't have any real information, keep pushing that one game, whether it's like every other day saying, remember to do this. You can also call for season tickets and stuff like well, that. Well, they are I doing, mean, they are doing that, but they, they are, are doing that. They are doing that. I mean, they, they're, they're I talking about, no, they, they've, they have been talking about, you know, uh, don't forget that the home opener is on uh, March 8th, buy your tickets, get your season tickets uh, and so on and so forth. But what we're trying to get at here is the actual scrimmages, you know, information about the team, not just about selling tickets. It's like Michael said. He says sometimes all they care about is ticket sales. Yeah. At least that's what it seems. But so I, I digress. I mean, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure I, I'd be we'd be getting uh, criticism on how we handle our social media. But we trying we're, we're trying our best, mm -hmm. you know, hey, we don't but, get paid. So. Hey, if you want to pay us to do social media, and then, then sure. Or yeah, and, 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 because, and, and, hey, guess what? They're, you know, that's and, their job. And, and, and let's, and, and let, let's be honest. All right. So, okay. So maybe it's not the, uh, the committee manager's fault that there's nothing, there, there's nothing to, to inform or to post about this team. Go up the net, go up the chain in command. Who is responsible to get that information to, to, to the community manager, or at least to, re to release some of that information. 
it's going to end up going all the way towards the technical department. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there's a fine line that that needs to be a, that needs to be addressed. It, and right now we're we're in one extreme. We don't want to go to the other extreme where we're like pretty much like, oh yeah, we're playing with Bob Bob, you know. Uh this is how we're going to be playing. Like no, 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 no. But at least give us something to work with. That's all. We, that's all we ask for. So give us mm-hmm. something that we can use to inform the fans, to hype them up, and keep this momentum going that we established in that Dynamo match, going all the way to March eighth. Uh, inspirational quotes on Twitter is not going to do that. Anyways, back into back towards the uh, towards the chat. Uh, so they, I think they were talking about the 5,000 that you were talking about with the Vipers. Uh, they're saying, uh, they, uh, so Harry, uh, so Johnny asks, did the Vipers have a post, uh, introducing specific players before the season or during the season? Uh, Johnny says they didn't even say who the starters were. Yeah. Even last year they had the bold game also open to the public. Um, and then RC, yeah, but they didn't have the Houston game open to the public that year, and it was up in Houston. Yes, it was in Houston. That's, That's the why difference there because that was closed because of Concacaf. Correct. Um, so that was our only home game, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, RC and Seven says even during the season, I will look at the opposing team's Twitter because they were way more on it. Substitutions, goals, close chances. RGV announces like half an hour later. Sometimes you're yeah. right. I constantly find when I end up doing live tweets, I end, I constantly find myself posting stuff a lot earlier than the RGB uh, FC uh, community manager or, or social media. Uh, but I that has to do a lot of what they're watching. Are they watching the live the live game, or are they you know they're watching the ESPN Plus feed just like we are? So you have to take that into consideration as well. You know, I got to play devil's advocate on my own as well too. So. Uh, Michael says the first game of the Vipers probably had a 5,000 plus, but they were giving away a lot of stuff. Plus they had three butt lights for 10 bucks. Johnny, the problem is whoever runs the social media is more interested in selling tickets than the actual gameplay. I feel like we need a better hype man as announcer for the Toros, especially when we score a goal, get the people into, into it. There's no hype in the stadium. What are your thoughts? What do you think about that? That is... That's an interesting topic. It is an interesting topic for sure. I kind of agree with that. The only problem is with that I've heard from inside sources and all that stuff is they're just trying to find an actual, well, like PA announcer that is willing to do that. Remember, their main one from last season and the couple of seasons before that, which I believe was Jake Berry, is not wasn't working with the team anymore and was just mainly working with i believe he works for misc at the moment mm-hmm. and then they tried i know that last game in the preseason i did hear that they didn't necessarily want to pay a big name for uh pa announcing that one so they went to someone else and i do agree that they're still trying to figure out or find someone to well announce or to just you know be a pa announcer that says corner kick and you know when it goes goal goal scored by blah blah blah, attention yellow cards issued out to and just of course saying the ads when they have to before the game Mm -hmm. i do get that they're still i believe most likely trying to find that now 
yeah, it's going to take time for sure. But but at the end of <laughs> I but just hey, you can sign me up for that. But at the end of the day, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jacob. But at the end of the day, who's really who, whose responsibility is it to to hype up the fan base? It should be the fan base itself, right? It should right. not it should not have to take a PA announcer to hype up uh, people just uh, just because there was a goal that was scored. I mean, come on, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, that that is true. You know it. You know I remember that 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 match when San Antonio uh, came down and they beat us three one. And my uh, Mikey Lopez's family was louder than than everybody else uh, at the stadium. That was I'm sorry, but that was embarrassing. Looking from the out, from the outside looking in. Because, How was it not embarrassing? You know, and and, and, and I'm pretty sure because I know at that time you know Sean was kind of saying well. Why don't you, you know, had this this idea that, well, if you don't like it, why don't you do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not there we at the stadium. We didn't do anything about it that game. The stampede was just, and I mean, it's in the past, but it's also true. I bet you Johnny can agree with us. They stunk. They were Ouch. just awful. They did not care to cheer that much. They got Ouch. destroyed. And Someone's not going to be invited. Outclassed. Yeah. And now, take this as fire, Stampede, because you don't want that to ever happen to you again. It's as simple as that. They got to be on their toes. I remember as well, too, going back to that, remember, I believe it was the first game that RGVFC, or close to the first game that RGVFC ever opened against, and it was LAFC. I remember talking to my uncle. He said the exact same thing. The LA Galaxy fans were louder than the supporter group. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's happened before, which is frustrating. So please don't let it happen again. Take that as fire. Make sure that you're never quiet in all the 90 minutes, whether that's playing the drums throughout the 90 minutes or, well, of course, halftime, you can take a break. But just, I mean, be rowdy. Be a little bit respectful, but also be rowdy and <laughs> be loud. So one of the be things proud. I remember from back when we were part of the Stampede was, you know, that there were moments where you had some members of the Stampede go up in the stands and try to uh, cheer them up, like in the middle of the in the middle of the second half. I was hoping that maybe that could be something that should make a comeback for for this upcoming season. But it's yeah. going to take people to play. It's going to take people to step up, play an instrument. And get uh, and, and get and get them hyped up in, in, in that aspect, and all of that, and like, and I think in that case, Sean did have a point. Somebody needs to step up, and if 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 they think that they've got some ideas to improve this stuff, step up, meet up with the Stampede, and say, hey, you know what? I got this great idea in order to uh, make us grow and be more connected with the fans. Go ahead. I'm pretty sure Johnny. I'm pretty sure uh, everybody else in the Stampede is is going to, you know, uh, be o- open ears about it because they want the Stampede to grow as well. They want the fan base in general to grow to grow as well and feel more connected throughout throughout the 90 minutes. It's not like they they la- they just find themselves in a comfort zone and they're not going to do anything to improve. They are trying to improve, and I can tell that, and I can tell you that, and, and we know, we, both of us know, because we, you know, we hang out with the Stampede, and they want to improve this this, this aspect as, as well. But we need more fans to kind of st- to kind of step up, join the Stampede, and be a part of a movement to, to uh, be a spark with this fan base. Uh, because... <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's just, it needs, this, this, this crowd needs to be more pumped up during, during the 90 minutes. And I saw a little bit of that in the Houston Dynamo match. So at least, so at least, at least that, that's good. But it, we need to be more consistent. We need to, we need to, just like uh, Filthy Doe just said, or I think that was him. We need to start filling up HB Park. We need to find one way or another to get more people to know about the team, to to uh, fall in love with this team, and go almost a week in a week out basis to HB Park and go support the Toros. Because if we're gonna be at ha- at, at half capacity or less, I mean, really, this is a more than nine thousand seat stadium, and we can barely and we can barely get like four thousand. Every aspect of this fan base when it comes to, or this team, uh, if I may correct myself, every aspect of this team ne- needs to improve in order to get these, in, the, in order to get these fans in, in the, in the stadium and fill, and fill HGB park. True. I mean, if, any, if, if other teams, if other teams can do it, why can't we, we're in a soccer hotbed. I mean, don't tell, yeah. don't, don't tell me that, don't tell me that New Mexico is a, is a soccer city. Or a new or a soccer state, and yet they consistently fill out or close or actually fill out Isotopes Park, a baseball stadium. At that, we have one of the best stadiums in all of USL. I mean, heck, we've hosted Concacaf multiple times. That just shows you the quality of a stadium that we have in our own backyard, and we can't fill it up. Somebody's not doing their job. And thankfully, we got somebody like Ron Patel bringing in new ideas, and hopefully, he's able to implement them. It's not going to be something that's going to ha- that's going to change. That's going to happen from one day to the next. No, it's not. There's going to be a process, but we all have to put in our worth. We, as Down in the Valley podcast, we there's changes that we need to make in order to uh, help this grow as well. We're not going to exclude ourselves out of it. I think it'd be too uh, hypocritical of us to say that we can't uh, improve on things ourselves to to improve the situation. But this isn't. This can't be just a one way street, Jacob. Yeah, of course it cannot be a one way street. You brought up some great points, Edson, and I feel like we've been down this road before. But I love talking about this. It is true. You need to fill. You need to have butts and seats and. We can fill this place out. We've been close to doing it multiple times, even with the Toros, especially on their inaugural season of the stadium. Yes, they started a year before their stadium was completely ready because hashtag RGV construction, and it takes a little too long. We're not Houston or Dallas. It needs to speed up. That's That's just the truth here. But... Besides all of that, it's just, well, we started to lose a lot more. And I think what, well, not, we just started to lose a lot more fans, not necessarily losing a lot more games. But what I was trying to make at is, as well as just marketing kind of struggled. And that, of course, took a toll as well as losing some key players that people could relate to. Most likely, we might, we might lose. Well, you see, throw Martinez to the MLS, and that's, of course, what, at the moment, we're known for. We'll see what happens in 2021. We could see some change for the better, whether that's staying with Houston or whatever, and that's 
Of course, a totally different side note. We'll push that one away because we don't need to be talking about that. We've talked about it too much. But it's, it is so true. I think marketing, yes, we're starting to see a little bit more with marketing. That's for sure. They took a step last year. Mm-hmm. They should be taking another step this year. Remember, just really what I want to see from marketing in general is taking steps forward, not really ever taking a step back now is just keep moving forward keep making this team better just like you made the rockets better it took them time rockets well just like you made the vipers better it took them time to get better and they did they finally did they forgot about those losing seasons and were able to fill up well what was the state farm arena now paying auto arena and got to build basically the home that the 2011 and 12 vipers built when they won the championship those two years. I think it was around that time. But, yeah, point being, just keep moving forward, and you can put those butts in seats. It will also help for teams to win this game and have those players that, well, the fans can relate to, whether they're homegrowns. That's a big thing. Have a couple of homegrown players. And E.C. Throw Martinez, of course, has helped that. He's still with the team. The difference was Tree Enrique is a fan favorite, had to leave due to, of course, Houston Dynamo that kind of hurt as well. But just a lot of key elements kind of go into filling up a stadium with the start of, of course, advertising. Because without advertising, guess what? You're not going to get A, views, and B, people to watch the game live and that's what i've kind of learned also from my own job is because and this is a great story of advertising in general McAllen isd broadcasted a game that my co- that the company that i work for rio sports live did McAllen isd got 300 views just 300 people watching it online he do, my boss does advertising like you'll see billboards around um, even, yeah, around like the Lafetta area all the way down to San Juan. And he he did that exact same game, got the feed from them, and had 3,000 views. Mm-hmm. So that's also the difference. It always will start off with advertising to how well you can make that product. But, of course, advertising will only get you so much. You still need to have good play on the field and kind of make the atmosphere buzzing. It already kind of feels like it and it's starting to get better and better. And I like exactly what marketing and also uh, Rene Borrego is doing. He's created that fun zone for the kids. He's just, they're trying to get it better and better. And I've talked to him multiple times. He wants to make this better and it helps with Ron Patel. Everything that's kind of coming together they're taking steps forward and that helps with marketing that helps with the ceo doing well as well as of course the president kind of agreeing on everything so it's just a balance of now of course you got to get some good play you got to have some wins you got to make it to the playoffs rgvfc because they've been so close every single year and that's the way to attract fans is just get that excitement get that excitement of course building too because once again it's looking better than it did two years ago from yeah it's just looking better from two years ago and even last year. So I think everything building up to it is perfect. 
let's be honest. And you mentioned a good thing. And you mentioned a good point. Making it to playoffs. How long was it since we made first made it to playoffs? 2016? And to first this day, and for and to this day, we still talk about that match against OKC Energy. So we may not remember a lot of stuff that happened during during uh, the regular season, but we sure as hell know remember that uh, that game in in uh, in playoffs. So, and it's like Filthy Dose says. He says the Toros also need to stay relevant so that the fans can keep on showing up since the season is pretty long. And how can you make how can you maintain some sort of relevancy in the in in these. Uh, in this long season, gotta keep on winning. Not only not only is it gonna make you relevant here locally, but it's also gonna make you relevant at an age on a national level. I mean, just take a look. Just take a look at Phoenix Rising. You know how how many t how many weeks were they talking about their winning streak? How many weeks they were they talking about their dollar beer now? Dollar beer night. You want to be relevant in this in this in this USL championship. You want the USL championship official uh, Twitter uh, Twitter page and their social media to talk about the Toros. You gotta be relevant somehow. New Mexico United, they've got attendance. Phoenix Rising, they've got results. Louisville City, I mean, they got the championships. And what do the Toros have? Really, nothing. That one season that's almost forgotten now, to be fair. I mean, I mean, you look at you look at even San Diego Loyal, uh, who else? Tulsa. Even Tulsa got a mention about their new kits from the official uh, from the official um, accounts of the USL Championship. What did we get? We got absolutely nothing. Only when Ron Patel was actually announced as the new president. And like USL memes said, that's only because he came from New Mexico United. That's true. I agree with it. USL memes. T talk about a fan, another fantastic Twitter account that's just, well, social media is buzzing big time. Because, I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect burn that is so relevant and true. It's like, yeah, he only we only got him mentioned because he came from New Mexico United. Perfect. Take that as fire, social media. In yeah. general, just uh, gotta stay relevant, gotta win, gotta have those butts in seats. Yes, the atmosphere could be amazing, but how's the play on the field? We have always come back to this too. You and I have Edson with that talk. Is well, how's you ask someone? You're saying, "Oh, have you been to HEB Park to watch the Toros play?" They're like, "No, we didn't even know there was a soccer team. What division are they in?" Yeah, they're in the USL, second division in uh, America's soccer, but they're fantastic play. Like, it's very fun to watch and fun events for the family, and it's just an enjoyable environment. Well, are they any good? There it's, it goes. It's always that follow-up <laughs> follow follow question. Are they good? How are they performing? Well, they're in 12th place in, in, D, in D2. Yeah, I'm not going. That's exactly. every time I've tried to get people to go to the games, they always ask that question, and I always and how 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 are you gonna lie? Like, oh yeah, they play excellent. They're in the, when they're in the 
when performance wise, yes, like I said, this is a young team. This is good. This is a, and we talked about it ad nauseum about this. This is a team that's that that's going to that's to pretty much develop players for the first team. But you think these? Uh, you think a uh, you think fans care about that? They don't. They care. How do you perform on that pitch? How do you perform in the standings? And I think that's something that Coach Cheveri and Tab Ramos have brought up multiple times, and we talked about it last week. They've brought it up multiple times so far, but this team needs to be better, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win more games and be more relevant uh, on the pitch. So at least that's something that, that, that is being changed under the Tab Ramos regime. Because Wilmer Cabrera, he didn't give a damn about the Toros' performance. All he cared about, all right, how many how many players can I uh, take away from you? That's all they cared about. And let's be I'm I'm being extremely honest. And somebody can go on social media and say, "Oh, like you 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 you're inventing." I'm not. Just look at the fact the way he reacted when 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 uh Wilmer Cabrera reacted when asked about the the failure uh, of Arch VFC in 2017. He got mad, gave me a stink eye and said, "What are you talking about uh failure? We signed five players uh to the Houston Dynamo first team." That says everything you need to know about the, the mentality that Wilmer Cabrera had uh, regarding the Toros. And that's because he was the head coach of the Toros just the, uh, two years before. Imagine if he wasn't. Imagine if he wasn't. He wouldn't even care about it. I'm just being real here about it, guys. Yeah, because it's true. And then you look at who they signed and you look at where they ended up. They ended up right back in the RGV, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's not being light at all. Like that is the hard truth. Maybe one of them. Well, technically, yes, one of them actually made it to Houston Dynamo, and we are like Memo Rodriguez, phenomenal player, but he doesn't count because he wasn't necessarily a homegrown. He was a Houston Dynamo player to begin with. Got signed with Houston Dynamo right off the bat. Cool. He was Houston Dynamo's property to begin with anyway. Correct. Kevin Garcia, mainly the only player that has been signed and has gotten to stay up there. Eric Bird got signed, stayed up there. But guess what? He came back down, and now he's with a different club. So several players like that have just moved out of RGV because they were promised a first-team contract, got that Mm first-team contract, but played back down in RGV. So, I mean, yeah. We're not being light at all when saying that's just the way that Wilmer Cabrera was. Failure? Are you kidding? Yeah, that's failure. That's the definition of failure when you can't get players playing there. And then you have to rely on, guess what, RGVFC once again to save your butt in the depth department? Yeah, no. It's fair. That, That is failure for a soccer club. Correct. At the end of the day, what are soccer clubs uh, competing for? Winning trophies, making it to the playoffs, and the and the Dynamo nor RGV are doing that. Let's be honest. So it is a failure on both uh, 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 on both parts. But at least, uh, but at least now, there's there there there's. And look, I'm not bad. I'm not bashing Coach Chaveri at all. He he does he makes do with what he's got. The bashing that we're trying to do is the mentality that Wilmer Cabrera had with RGBFC, and that kept pushing the Toros down to where we're at right now. Some sort exactly. of irrelevant is the irrelevancy within 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 the uh, within the the tournament with, within the league. 
you know, yeah. that's where we're, where, where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with Tab Ramos, that can improve. We can become more relevant and we can stop being the laughing. Well, not even the laughing stock, not even the laughing stock, because if we are the laughing stock, it means keep people cared about, about what happens in RGV. Nobody cares about RGV. <laughs> to be, let's be honest, outside of the Valley, because and outside of a select number of, of fans here in Houston, nobody cares about RGV. Nobody, sure. nobody is going to go out of the way to fi- to find out. Oh, what? Uh, let's see how RGV uh, played, or let's see what what the score was, or let's see what's going down down in the valley. Nobody, nobody. Everybody cares. I was. I mean, even even Forward Madison from League One has more relevancy in the nation than RGV. But sure. how does? But why? Because of their social media. They're genius when it comes to social media. Heck, I've bought I bought a gravy boat from Forward Madison. How good how good is their social media that they make me want to buy a gravy boat with a Forward Madison logo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times how many times has can we say the same thing about RGV? That's because we're fans and we buy the shirts, we buy stuff. But people from the outside looking in, people that are not from the Rio Grande Valley or from the Dynamo fans, never. And it doesn't help that we still don't have a online store. Anyways, back to the chat. Um, So Johnny says, do a metro system where fans from Brownsville and Harlingen can take the bus to and from the match. Well, that's I think that's outside the control of the team in of itself and more along the lines of the individual uh, municipalities of the Rio Grande Valley actually pitching in to build a decent metro system uh, to and from the stadium throughout the Rio Grande Valley. But that's something that we can push our, 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 our local government uh, to do so and something that maybe even uh, Alonso Cantu can lobby for uh, uh, as well. Um Filthy Doe says the Toros have fallen into irrelevancy since they haven't made the playoffs. He says, I have a friend who had season tickets the first seasons and stopped getting them because they wouldn't win anymore. Can't blame him. Johnny says, and of course, you, real quick. And of course, you don't get any reward when you get a uh, season tickets like other clubs would have. Which is exactly why my parents decided not. We had season tickets in 2017. Yeah, we we ended up not renewing because of that same reason. I mean, what are the benefits of us getting getting season tickets if we can get if we can get the same thing uh, buying on a game to game basis? And it was a whole it was very difficult for games that we couldn't make it. It was very difficult to get to get, or to to give them to some or get get rid of them or sell them, and they end up going your way going to waste. You know, uh, and then uh, Johnny says fans get frustrated watching a non competitive team year after year. And Jesse, my, my friend Jesse Passi, he says, Ramona Ayala in halftime and half of the Vayuco will be there. Trust me. You know, you might think he's being, fu- uh, he's, he's being uh, funny or sarcastic, but he brings up a valid point. You have freaking Ramona Ayala in your backyard in Hidalgo. Why can't we get Ramona Ayala to go to at least one game in a Toro shirt and use his platform, uh, his his fame, to spread the the Toros name throughout the 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 fan base in the in the valley in the state of Texas, and also in northern Mexico, Monterrey, uh, Reynosa, Matamoros, 
whatever. Why can't we use that? We have them in our own backyard. It's not like we're flying in somebody from uh, Mexico City, you know, to to promote this team. I mean, that's a good idea right there. Sure, it's gonna take money, but I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure something 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 can can be done about it. He is pretty yeah. famous, after all. He lives in the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, what better what better explanation or what better way to to show that this team is the Valley's team than hey, our locals are I don't want to say local celebrity, but like our celebrity that happens to live locally here is a fan of the Toros. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he brings up a really really good point. So Chewy, appreciate I actually appreciate that comment. By the way, Johnny says Jacob's spitting fire. Um, Filthy Doe says the Vipers and Rockets got it good. They should maybe have high school bands or something go play each game to have schools go or like mariachi. You said marching bands, and I just saw Jacob getting all triggered. Because we've gotten into huge arguments regarding marching bands. Outside of the show... We've gotten into a couple of arguments regarding marching bands, but it doesn't help that we that, that, that each of us is biased with me being uh, a, a an alumni of the McCallum Memorial Mar- uh, Mighty Marching Band. <laughs> so, but at least something at least something like uh, like that could, could help. Uh, I mean, the fans have a lot of different ideas on how to, and that just goes to show that the fan base really cares about this team and wants it to grow. But it just, it, we need the team to listen to its fans. I don't understand why they haven't made some sort of uh, town hall style meeting with the fan, with the fan base. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about like what they did with, with at, at Guadalupe Ranch because that wasn't really a town hall. This is just something, something that they did. I'm talking about a town hall where they where season ticket holders, uh, supporter group members can publicly and formally. Mention to the ownership, to front office, any kind of ideas or what they would like for the tour for the team to do to make them grow. We've had a lot of different good ideas here in the chat. It it's time for this team to to take advantage of of that participation, go with it, and allow it to grow. Yeah, and maybe we won't get a Matt Jordan answer from one of them too. Oh so God! That might work, oh that God! Might work. That's legitimately you say what the, it's called now. You say the name Matt Jordan, and I have to roll my eyes. Even well, yeah, yeah that's, that's my point. It's like that should trigger people when you say the Matt Jordan answer. Because, yeah, of course, you can have those round tables or whatever where it's kind of like a panel where they get to just like a town hall meeting, just like you said, mm-hmm. voice their opinion. And then, I don't know, one of the front office members, not including – Ron Patel, unless he were to give an answer like this, just a stale answer saying, oh, we're fine. We're in a good place. This doesn't need to happen. We're just happy that the team's doing okay this season. We have to go, we have to go by our core values. Exactly. I've really got to, I've really got to, nah, that's going to be disrespectful, but he's that he's his key word is always core values. Cause I was going to say, do like a Matt Jordan impersonation or anything like that, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's one thing with the pre- it's one thing with the president of the United States, Bigley, the, and, and somebody that that I see almost on a week to week basis at the games. So, uh, anyways, 
uh, yeah, um, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So um, anyway, guys, um, I think that just about covers it for today. Uh, like I said, it was a great discussion tonight. I loved all of y'all's input, and hopefully Toro's front office somehow listens to this. And number one, doesn't get offended. Yeah. And number two, take it as, you know, constructive criticism and keep on growing. Like I said, the point of the show isn't just to bash, just to bash. You know, we do it just because we want this team to grow. When we see these these opportunities uh, of where, what needs to grow, you know, uh, within within this organization. But it comes a time where it's just frustrating that it's just like the answer is relatively obvious and it just isn't being done so i know i'm gonna uh, yeah to recap basically all we really want is more interaction on social media that's the main key of course and i'm feeling this for sure that marketing will go and will head even will take even bigger steps in the right direction this year to help with this team and of course, the team to help balance that out will win and just continue to grow. Now, of course, with the team being good and all that, it also comes from Houston Dynamo. We always have to remember that. Sadly, if you're a die like a crazy diehard Toros fan and don't care about the Houston Dynamo, but at that same time, you have to think of what Tab Ramos can help with, out with that if you won't necessarily take players away. And all, all that other stuff to help benefit that team. And so it just, every little step, we want it to grow. We want more interaction with the front office to maybe voice our concerns if there is. And just to try and, you know, talk about it and see if they can improve it. That's really on the recap what we kind of want. Couldn't have said it better myself. So. Just one quick other thing. Um, so the Dynamo are playing in the uh, Tucson uh, Sun Cup, uh, the Visit Tucson Sun Cup. And uh, last Saturday, you had a couple of Taurus players uh, make uh, an appearance. Uh, most of them came in uh, in the 63rd minute of the game. You had uh, Isidro, you had Nico Lemoyne, and then you had Andrew Samuels coming in in the 63rd minute. Ben Willis didn't see any minutes at all. But there are some bad news. Andrew Samuels apparently left the game really early uh, after he came in with an injury. And according to Carson, who was there at the game, things didn't really seem good. And the Dynamo has been pretty hush about it which I don't like, but are you surprised? So, but today, uh, today Isidro also made another appearance uh, in their 4-0 win against Real Salt Lake. So it just goes to show that, hey, is this Isidro Martinez, he's the real deal. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see him with a MLS contract during the, uh, uh, in midseason. Which goes back to the original topic of today, which was we got to prepare for those kind of circumstances. Yeah. So, anyways, Jacob, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? 
Not really excited. Going back to just excited about this season. I think the Toros can do very, very well this season uh, with the new coach and with the new coaching staff, new president, everything possible with the help of Tab Ramos as well. I think I at least feel like he'll be keeping in touch with the correspondent that's supposed to help with RGVFC and the scouting and all that fun stuff besides mm-hmm. Matt Jordan, the actual good one. But hey, I'm just playing here. But either way, point being, hopefully we'll see improvement this season no matter what. And I know Coach Jerseman Echeverry and Tav Ramos will be wanting that indeed. Of course, Tav Ramos will have to focus on his own team. But at that same time, just well, looking forward to it's about to be soccer season. How can we not be excited? Mm-hmm. So very excited for it. Can't wait. Can't wait to come back next week and talk about it too. Jay- <laughs> Jacob uh, Ray says, I asked him, how's it going? He's like, terrible. Jacob let the beard grow out. <laughs> wow. Anyway, guys, um, going back real quick to the chat before we go. Uh, Santos says, um, Oh, uh, Johnny says they should do a Pride Night also. Uh, good. It's really good. I mean, everybody else does it. But seeing the reactions to that Castellanos and, and Coronado picture they posted on Valentine's Day, uh, <laughs> I don't think the Valley is ready for that, to be honest. At least at least the older generations of, uh, of people from the Valley. We tend to be alone. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. No one's ready for it in the Valley. We still live in Texas, people. <laughs> you, it's, you're just asking for fire which is why I think it, but it's kind of true which is why I think they're not I don't think they're, they're doing that or at least they kind of sugarcoat and call it like soccer for all day or something like that I know the Dynamo does like soccer, soccer for all event instead of actually calling it Pride Night but that's yeah, a completely different soccer for all <laughs> Uh, with, that's a completely different topic. Uh, Santos says um, oh by the way uh, bye Mike, uh, Michael thank you for tuning in uh, Santos says, please, if Office was really trying to please fans, at least a minimum porta potty for the Stampede. Uh, oh, we will be there, porta potty or not, but come on. I mean, how long have we? How long has the Stampede been asking for a porta potty? Since I think the start, right? Yes. Come on, it's simple. It's simple things like that 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 need to be improved on. And Ron Patel knows about it. Let's hope that that he's willing to uh, uh, actually. Uh, go, uh, you know, fulfill that that pro- that promise that he made when it comes to uh, come season opener. But I'm really hopeful that Ron Patel is a man of his word. I mean, he's proven that that he that he walks the walk and not just talk the talk or hide from the matter. Uh, speaking of you, Bird Garcia, <clears throat> I did not say anything. I didn't say anything. Um, Felicito says, if the Dynamo disaffiliated with the Toros, could they play in U.S. Open Cup? Absolutely. If we're not, if we become disaffiliated, we gain independence from, uh, from from the Dynamo, we would be eligible to play the U.S. Open Cup. But we have to start from basically scratch. Correct. Yeah, the last, the first round. Right? I, no, like no, no, no. Would probably cl- well, close to it at least. I think it's in the second round. I think I think USL teams come in the second round because in the first round it's a bunch of uh, amateur teams. Remember, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, Ray says, Edson, grow a mullet. Uh, Johnny Cash sings, I walk the line. That line was essential. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, bigger Taurus legend, Bird, Ward, or Chewy? Bigger Taurus legend, Ward, Bird, or, uh, or Chewy? I would say Charlie Ward. Who, by the way, it's his birthday today. Charlie Ward is, I guess, a bigger legend. But sort of who was, I don't know, they were both very vocal with the fans. The only difference, I think, was just, I don't know, True Enriquez really liked to play for the fans, and Charlie Ward focused on his game, but then afterwards was, you know, a class act to him. So mm -hmm. kind of goes both ways, but yes, I would have to agree. It would I be... Whoever whoever scored more goals really would be the defining, or whoever had more the better stats. That that, that is a very inter interesting thing to look at, uh, but I think as far as like the the fan base in general, because I know Stampede was pretty much head over heels. We were very head over heels over Charlie. Yeah, you know I do recall that. But anyway, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I know it was I know it was kind of a more of a short notice than than for example last week's. Um, but if you guys are still here, and, uh, be sure if you guys haven't done so, be sure to like this video, uh, share it with your friends, subscribe if you haven't done so. Uh, also, be sure to check out our podcasts on uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I said Spotify already. SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. So we got six platforms to choose from. Choose your favorite one and listen to us uh, when the podcast is available. Oh, oh, you can also you can also check it out on uh, the uh, Beautiful Game Network's website, www.bgn.fm. Uh, in the website, find you can go ahead and find uh, within the menu find the uh, RGB FC Toros page. Uh, on there, you will find our podcast posted there, as well as uh, articles uh, by, by Carson. Uh, so you guys want to read more about the, you know, about the, I guess you can say the articles regarding, like, for example, player interviews uh, and stuff like that. Check that out there. But what I do ask more is, is go ahead and check out Ray Silva's uh, YouTube page. Uh, let's shop. Let's shop local. <laughs> um, but check out Ray Silva's YouTube page, uh, South Texas Border Sports. You can check out the uh, uh, practice, post-game interviews uh, with RGBC Toros players as well as Coach Echeverry. Check it out. You know, give them, give him a thumbs up as well. Share his videos. The more, the more fans see these these videos, the more they get to know Coach and players. The more hyped up the fan base is going to be, the more the easier it is to fill fill the park uh, as well. So be sure to check check him out and uh, and, uh, and support him as well as as well as down in the valley. Um, follow us on our social media. We have Facebook down in the RGV, uh, Twitter at down in the RGV, and Instagram as well at down in the RGV. Um, check out uh, Jacob's Tip of Texas Sports Network on YouTube as well as the Overreacted Gamer. Uh, on Twitch, uh, and then as as well, uh, you can uh, find my articles on ditvpodcast.com. That's our website, and uh, as well as mentefutbolera.com in Spanish. 
big thank you to our sponsor, Natural Beauty Spa, for their support of Down in the Valley, as well as for the Beautiful Game Network for hosting us, uh, uh, our podcast uh, on their um, on their website. So having said all of this, Jacob, take us out of here. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Santos, uh if you want a, if you want a, uh, you want a facial, uh, we can go ahead and get and get that for you, uh, uh, get that for you done at Natural Beauty Spa. Thank you so much for everything. We'll see you next week. Take care.